You're listening to Radio Change the World, a national broadcast where kids take over community radio stations across Canada in celebration of Universal Children's Day. Welcome back to We Are Listening, an audio broadcast. I'm your host, Jelaine Skies. This is part two in a four-part series on the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child. This November marks 20 years since the convention was agreed upon by 192 countries to protect children all over the world. In part two in our four-part series, youth in Ontario explore what the right to education means to kids in the foster care system and if the convention goals are reality for at-risk youth in Canada. recognize the right of the child to education with a view to achieving this right progressively and on the basis of equal opportunity. They shall make primary education compulsory and available free to all. Encourage the development of different forms of secondary education, including general and vocational education. Make them available and accessible to every child and take appropriate measures such as the introduction of free education and offering financial assistance in case of need. Make higher education accessible to all on the basis of capacity by every appropriate means. Make educational and vocational information and guidance available and accessible to all children. Take measures to encourage regular attendance at schools and the reduction of dropout rates. States parties shall take all appropriate measures to ensure that school discipline is administered in a manner consistent with the child's human dignity and in conformity with the present convention. Article 28 is um, what was just read and it talks about the importance and significance of education. What do you guys think? I think it's important because it's something to fall back on. It's something that you always have and you can always go find a job. Knowledge is the key to life. Um, I think it's like a fundamental part of life because if you think that like nothing great has been achieved without education, like there would Obama would not be president if he was not an educated man. And um, nowadays it's you are absolutely no one if you don't have a degree. Is education a right? Yes, it is. Because that means you, they have to give it to you. Or Who's they? The government. So for you to care, is education a right? Yes, yes. it is. And how does that sort of um, play out like in everyday life? If you're still in like foster home or group home, they force you to go to school. So, for example, they will wake you up in the morning and, you know, some people make breakfast for you, some people don't. Depends on where you live. Okay, so are there challenges with accessing, like, um, education here? Accessing post-secondary education or high school? Are there any challenges with that? Because it's your right, so what do you do? I, I think there's challenges. I think um, challenges to post-secondary school is that people don't appreciate the right that they have.
the when you go to university and you have those huge classes and sometimes your teacher like he doesn't even know your name he doesn't like it's so like distant that you don't get that one-on-one -on -one time like a lot of like kids either fail or find it so difficult because you don't even get that personal time to just sit and talk i think also like the education system in general as a whole is far from being imperfect because like each individual thinks differently and learns differently and the way the system is set up is like one way so if you're if you learn that way it's good for you made sure I sat myself down which is like, kind of awkward and I told myself I needed to finish high school because it was for me and not everybody I think has that mentality where they can tell themselves you know what you need to do that for you but I think that we don't have the family support as much so we don't go as far and we don't think we need to go as far and a lot of us get damaged to the care system telling us that we're not going to become anything or we're not going to do this and that so I think that's a big reason why. Gender, does gender play a role in education in any ways? Like, um, most of them, most of the teachers, the once they know you're a youth, and a child in care, they think that you're a bad child, so already they start to label you, and they don't even treat you as fairly because they think you're just going to cause trouble. That's it. I think it goes more for guys than girls because like guys they get labeled with like behavioral problems and all that kind of stuff, whereas like girls are just like, oh, you're youth in care, whatever, she'll be pregnant soon. Like, that's, no, pretty much really all they look at you as. I think education is the key for your success in your life. Because you need to stay in school, no matter what it is. You know, where I come from, they have no education. You know what I'm saying? And that really pain me in my ass. Because education for me has been a lot to me, you know, man. Because I stick in school, I graduate, and now I'm in college, you know, and things come up, you know, those kind of things, like family issues, living situation, money, you know, you need those kind of things, but you need those kind of things. You need people to help you, to boost you ahead. If you don't have those boosts, I don't know. Other thing I know these people here, they take advantage education. They don't really pay attention for education in this country. I do think that there is a form of streaming for youth in care um, with school and stuff or like children coming in from foster care because their history is like given to the school when they move from various schools and before you go into the classrooms the teacher already know who you are and have a record of you so when you get there it's like they know who you are, they know your record and they treat you a certain way. Somebody define sort of education for me. Like when you when you talk about education, what does that mean to you? Like what are you talking about? Like gain knowledge to get smarter, to become a better person, I guess. I think make you like more of a like a well-rounded person. I guess they should pretty much give you the fundamentals and then like more, make you I guess more like refined at the same time. To me, it's like a source of information with no limitations. That's what it means to me. Okay, so who 
before this conversation heard about the UN Convention. So there's like two, three, four people. And what did you think about it? What do you think about the convention? I just thought it was like a bunch of rules that, um, it, like, I didn't really see the importance of it. Because I didn't really heard of them before. I, I was told about it and then yeah. I just read it. Like, I don't really think they're important because no one enforces them really. Sure, they're there, but how many people actually follow them? I heard about them when I was in a program, I think two or three years ago. It was the same thing. It was like, okay, you have these articles, you have all these things, but nothing's being enforced. And I, I personally know that there's children and youth in the world who are not in school, even though they have a right to it. So what's the point of having this article if it can't be enforced? Like, if there's no way to ensure that children children actually have are actually being educated or being like pushed into school what do you think that um, Ontario should be doing and Canada should be doing in terms of education and educational rights I think they should educate people about the convention and the rules and articles in it and enforce them a little bit more I'm just saying we should be teaching the schools the actual importance of education that should be show like videos of the consequences of not going to score like 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 exchanging like um take take a canadian student from yeah. toronto make it a reality show or something send them to like a town in africa and have them exchange like a class like that so then you actually appreciate where your like situation is and appreciate you know all the people from generations before you that have like fought to get you all the rights you have I think when you're a child of the state, there comes responsibility with that. And I think it's very important for us as youth and you know, whether we're in care right now or former youth in care or no children in care, I think it's very important that we acknowledge the fact that we have a right to certain things and we should be exercising that. And we shouldn't let like, you know, to put all the blame on yourself because you didn't ask to come into care. You didn't ask to be put in your situation. This is your situation. This is what has happened. But if they don't do their job, then who's gonna set that blame? Any other message that um, you guys have around education? You need to make sure that all my rights are being met. And if they're not being met, is that my fault? Let's say you, you're not in school all the time and you don't learn how to, you don't know how to read or write. When you're 16, that's not going to change overnight. It's going to take time, right? So education is very important, but the people who are around you who make huge decisions for your life need to also take that into consideration as well. You stick on your own experience, but education is a key. No matter what it is, man, I discovered education for me is a key for my success. That's it. And we need more teachers, more funds. Welcome back to part two of We Are Listening, an audio broadcast. The voice you've just heard were youth in and from Ontario foster care system. Next, they discussed the barriers youth at risk face in accessing their rights to education. But first, a break with a spoken word performance.
crumb. Kids are famished. They're hungry. They're starving for information. See, these kids, they're seeking an inbound intervention. All of them is their stomach growling, but nobody is listening. You're the underprivileged. Can't get past a lot of scrimmage and how could they avoid a blitz when the left and the right guard is missing? See, the whole front line is crippled. The defense is also the offense, so it really makes it no competition with no chance to win if they fall to take a loss and then we wonder why they are quitting. Maybe it's because of the pressure. The pressure of success. Success can hold this high materialistic bar for those who can't reach it are engaged into distress. See, all the youth have the dream of being a big star, but what else can they think when their favorite song is telling them, you ain't nothing without a hot car, they say you ain't nothing without a hot C-A-R. Vroom vroom, pull up in the Toyota Camry, gas tank on four, but you ain't going F-A-R. Bling bling signifies large, only reinforcing that you ain't shining, dog, if you ain't a star, it's even worse if you ain't showing off at all. And it's a low down, dirty shame. Urban media subliminally telling us that they might as well drop dead if ain't nobody screaming our name. See, the world is so vain, and sometimes I think I'm a victim of this exact same thing. David, David, David. How I beg you to hear that ring. See, if it ain't one thing, it's another. This got straight A's, came home, found the father beating down the mother. Imagine going to the streets because you feel like no one loves you because these concrete raise up and hug your feet, and it's like, damn. That embracement really touched you because these concretes, they sing to a beat which will look you innocently as you pay attention to its beat. Stoop, kid, don't be scared to leave a stoop. Can't you see your friends out here making that loop? You've got grades, but they got brand new shoes and brand new gear, but they got room for you. It's not that dangerous as long as you know what to do, plus you've got intelligence, so this must be destined for you. And stoop, kid, became a street kid, but now he's dead. This stupid kid that became a street kid was on the wrong side of the percentage. That's the statistic that we try to ignore. But blind eyes can realize this is real life going on. Open mindedly subscribe to the youth to make sure that positive future lives on. And so on and so on. We go on and go forth, so forth that these princes and princesses will go on the whole court as kings and queens. Right now, they say they got nothing. But seeds are planting those concrete. We need to brush them off the scrubbers. See where I'm from? We call those things. has a right to an education, right? But what if you are always moved from school to school? What if no one checks up on your homework? What if you have no money for college or university? Now we hear youth in and from around foster care talk about many obstacles that can stop a child from seizing their rights to an education. everyone in this room, do all children and, and youth and everyone in this room being here in Canada have a right to education? Yes. yes. What does that look like for you? Do you know? It means that... Superseded the educational component at the time. about the resources that are available to young people when it comes to education, who should be paying for that? Or Things should be free. Like, like your student loans yeah. and interest free. Interest after you finish school. 
That means you should just be the what you borrow is what you pay instead well, of interest. On I think we should all sign up for lower tuition fees. I know I did. Me too. Yep. I don't think there should be any tuition fees because in Europe, they their education is pretty much free. Yeah, I don't think there should be tuition fees either because students come out of the school and they end up building. The I know. You educate the country, then the use. country will do better. Instead of like, um, weigh the statistics and be like, oh well, not a lot of people are going to post secondary. Well, if everybody could afford post secondary, I'm pretty sure we'd all be there. But like, not. Not a lot of people have that opportunity. Like opportunity, some people do have to finish high school, pick up a trade, and start their lives early. For instance, like me, I'm 21, right? So the fact that I don't get supported anymore when I do go and I'm taking OSAP, <laughs> it's like I need something that pays my rent. I need something that pays my bills. Like so, at the end of the day, that's even more debt, and they don't even give you all the money to pay your bills. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, am I gonna go to school? Or am I going to keep a roof over my head? Yeah, and that's what it comes down to a lot of the times. And I think the other thing is that not everyone can actually get OSAP. Because if you like, were, you know, not bad, but if you had some challenges when you were young and you, you know, took out a credit card because you could and, you know, you got some sort of bad credit, then um, there's a good chance that you don't qualify for OSAP. So that in and of itself is putting, like, limitations and restrictions on particular individuals who can't. Because, like, what if you incurred, like, a huge amount of debt and you finished your high school diploma? You can barely get a job with a degree, so where are you going to work with a high school diploma and be able to pay back your debt and then go to post-secondary school? And then if you do get your loan, again, how are you going to afford to sort of live and be a student at the same time or produce good, like, quality work? stable happy household they're fine in school like after you go through after all your home drama you're feeling like very lethargic you don't have time or the energy to think about what's going on at school because like pretty much I think everything starts in the home if you're not good at home you're not gonna be good outside if you actually have stability where like you have like loving parents that actually care about your day and like what you learned in school when you like sit around your dinner table at night after they slaves and cooked you a nice meal you know and they actually talk to you and like care and say like good job you know that's yeah. different versus like go to school wake up in the morning make sure you come home or I'm calling the police and then finally like, a wall or it's like it's like even thinking about it it's not like it's like okay I spent three months at this house two days at that one four weeks at this one how long am I gonna be here like do I have time to really worry about school or think about what's gonna happen to me next but why are they moving the person around? Are they moving him Various issues. Yeah, there are different reasons, but at the end of the day, like I'm still being moved, still and I'm the one that's you. being. I myself, as a child, was the one who was affected by all of that. So regardless of what was happening around me, with all the moves and all the discussions and everything else, everyone, like nobody, thought about my how my education would have been affected by moving me to so many different places. Because it's like, like when... it wasn't a priority, right? It is not my responsibility, right? I'm in the care of the state. It's the state's responsibility to ensure they removed me from my parents' home. It is their responsibility to ensure that I'm in the best care and that all my rights are being met. If my rights are not being met, I call the advocacy office if I had known about them at the time. The social worker of the state, the, ch the social services, should have been more responsible with ensuring that I was not removed to so many different schools and um, 
and that I had a, I have a right to education. Okay, 16, my mom put me back into care again with my little brother. I remember we're like, okay, fine, we're gonna be together. Then my little brother, yes, we argue, yes, we fight, would fight, but that's my brother. He's my world. Like, if anything happens to him, like, he's like my own. And to see us, like, literally have to watch the car move away with my little brother, going to school the next day, what test was I focusing on? I was wondering, did my brother eat last night? Where did he sleep? What happened to him? And, like, also, how are you supposed to focus on school if you don't know if you're moving the next day or staying here? I think there's barriers even if you go to second post-second education for, for kids in care because sometimes like people go in secondary and they pick their course and they don't like the course but they already paid for it and their funding goes to one course so when they don't want to take and want to switch the money's not there to go to the next like I don't know, I find like a lot of kids in care go to the post secondary and then they end up not liking that place or they do they don't do as well because you know it's harder than they thought and then they drop all and then to go back it's really hard and once you go to OSAP and you waste your OSAP it's not really gonna accept you the next time sometimes or if the foundation gives you money and you fail they're not gonna give you more money most times you know what I'm saying and I think like this is more planning for kids before they go to the post secondary to plan what do you really want to do with your life because most times you only have one shot to give the funding to go. So any, any other message that um, you guys have around education? Lower tuition fees! Yes. yes. Welcome back to We Are Listening, an audio broadcast. This November marks the 20th year since the UN Convention on the Right of the Child Coming up in part three, the right to identity. We thank the Ontario Advocate for Children and Youth, as well as the Network Community Group, the East Metro York Center, and the Lossler Project for these interviews and performance. For more information, please visit provincialadvocate.on.ca. I've been your host, Jelaine Skies. You've been listening to Radio Change the World, a special broadcast where kids across Canada take over their community radio station. We thank everyone who participated, from stations such as CFFF at Trent University, CFUR in Prince George, CITR in Vancouver, CJAS in St. Augustine, CJLO in Montreal, 
CJRU in Toronto, CJSF in Burnaby, WDCR in Kelowna, and CKUW in Winnipeg.